I got into this business on accident because no one falls into roofing on purpose. Yeah. A lot of people have this mindset or have this idea that like the top producers are uh, flamboyant, extravagant, mm -hmm. high energy, sleazy, you know, do the click and the snap. Mm -hmm. They're not those people. They're just, they're really good problem solvers. Cool. Yeah. How can we help make it a little simpler for somebody who's just kind of popping their head in here, wants to sell their first roof? Yeah. What are the first few steps to go towards this? Yeah. If Adam Benson tells you to do something, you go do it, okay? So I did it, <laughs> I sold Don't do everything yeah, I tell you. Everything he says, no matter <laughs> what it is. Try it for yourself. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads Podcast, and today I have Adam Benson. How are you doing, sir? Good, man. How are you doing? Doing very good. We're talking about selling your first roof, and I've seen a lot of your content on that because I yeah. was watching some of your content trying to sell a roof, my first roof this last yeah. year. Which, by the way, congrats. Yeah. Yes. I'm very <laughs> excited about that. And um, can you just give a one-minute background? So so for somebody who doesn't know you, yeah, that's, sure. um, just how you got into roof sales and what you're doing now? Yeah. Oh, man. That's a lot to hit in a minute, but I'll do as best I can. Adam or two Benson, minutes. The Roof Strategist, host of the Roof Strategist YouTube channel and podcast, author of the Roofing Sales Survival Guide, best-selling book. Um, I got into this business on accident because no one falls into roofing on purpose. Yeah. No one's a strong, strong statement. The people that fall into roofing on purpose are the ones whose parents were in it. It's okay, the only yeah. thing that, I, the only time I've ever seen it. So I drank the Kool-Aid, followed my passion, which was natural medicine, because people tell you to do what you're passionate about, you'll be happy in life and make money, which is the greatest lie. Mm. So I did that, it led me to living below the poverty line. I got a job as a massage therapist at a franchise, was on site working six hour shifts, but only paid when I was booked, which somehow is, is legal. So there were times that I would work for six hours and make 30 bucks. Mm. And uh, I reached my breaking point when I couldn't afford gas to drive two hours to see my family on Easter. Called my mom for money in my 20s as an adult, which is the worst feeling ever, and many people have probably had. And then uh, she sent me the money over uh, Chase QuickPay or Zelle or whatever it was at the point. And then I called her to say thanks, and my stepdad got on the phone. His name's Ron. And he, because my parents divorced when I was older, I didn't know much about Ron's like work. I knew he was in roofing, but he's like, hey, Adam, you know you can make $100,000 a year selling roofs door to door. And I was like, that sounds like a lie. And that sounds like a horrible way to make a living because I know nothing about roofs. I have no sales experience, and I thought door to door died with Kirby. Mm -hmm. uh, so I brushed—excuse <clears throat> me—I brushed it off. But I had four hours of drive time to reconsider. I reconsidered. Yeah. Here I am today. It is crazy to think, like, if you're making forty thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah, I was making nineteen and change. Or yeah, or whatever. <laughs> then it's very hard to imagine, right, that there's this world where a bunch of people are making a hundred thousand dollars. And Plus. and to be real, yeah. and a lot of people are making one hundred and fifty thousand dollars and more, and they're not that. Just to be real, sorry to the roofing salespeople out there, but they're not always that charismatic or that crazy. No. There's a lot of people that are decent with people, mm -hmm. and they just kind of like learned roofing sales and that are making 150K plus yeah. in this day and age. And I, I will say, it, it sounds crazy, but it's true. And more often than not, the highest earners are unassuming. Mm. So everyone that I've met that's done, let's say 350 plus, the 350 to 550, 550,000 income range, you wouldn't know it. They're not, um, a lot of people have this mindset or have this idea that like the top producers are uh, flamboyant, extravagant, mm -hmm. high energy, sleazy, you know, do the click and the snap. Mm -hmm. They're not those people. They're just, they're really good problem solvers. And they happen to understand sales and they're, they're, they're very detailed in their process and very organized because the chaos. Time is the number one limiting factor in roofing sales. You can be decent at sales and make a boatload of money, but if you can't manage your time, you're not going to go anywhere. And you have to apply yourself and it is a lot of work. I, I mean, like I've been out with these yeah. roofing salespeople and they're, they're pretty, you know, 
they're getting a lot done in a day and yeah. it's kind of tiring. You're out in a truck or going around and like door knocking yeah. is hard, I think. Yeah, it's but that's why most it's, people don't do it. You make almost more money than it is hard in certain ways because mm -hmm. it is like people don't want to do it a and then it doesn't really matter. You can continue to make more money um, even though let's say it's $80,000 hard. Yeah. It, like you can make 150. It's just weird how much more money you can make than it is hard in my, yeah. like from what I understand. Um, and you know, we help people get more leads, yeah. but you help people door knock and that's a lead generation strategy as well. I want to get into this in a second. I want to note. So I sold my first roof this year and that morning I was watching Adam's videos and one of them was about, um, if somebody offers you a drink, accept the drink. Mm -hmm. What is the principle there, first of all? Yeah. So most people, first, most seasoned salespeople know that they should accept the drink. And yet there's so many people that feel like they shouldn't. Like, I'll be a burden. I don't want to. And they'll say no and they think it's being polite, which, by the way, isn't. But when you ask people, and I've surveyed literally thousands of people on stage just this year alone, like, why do we ask? Why do, excuse me, why do we say yes when they offer? And then you'll hear things like, it's polite, reciprocity, which is a, a principle of, of influence, which by the way is not the answer, because that means I do something nice for you, you do something nice for me. Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. You, do, you know what I mean? Now I owe uh, you something. Right. Yeah. And then like, that's how you build rapport, yada, yada. There's a lot, of, and it's all, there's some truth to all those answers, but the reality is, is there's a psychological principle known as consistency, mm. that people behave in a consistent fashion. And one thing, like, do you have any, oh, does your family watch this? No. Perfect. Do you have any family members that are like, you don't really quite get along with, they're kind of crazy, and then you know that they're gonna, like let's say you call them to ask them something, and you're like, that's exactly what they're gonna say because they're just really predictable? Um, not that friends? I can think of off the top. How about the crazy, the crazy ex? Okay. Okay, I see that for some reason, the crazy ex always yeah. really works. Yeah. We behave in a consistent fashion, mm -hmm. people do. And what happens when someone does a favor for you, mm -hmm. like offer you a drink, Yeah. The psychological principle of consistency states that they'll be more likely to continue doing nice things for you. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I share a story where I went out to breakfast once. I had a not so great encounter with the hostess. Um, she gave you that look, you know, I hate my job, I hate my life, and I want to make damn sure you know about it. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't like a warm and fuzzy. I go to the bathroom, come back, she ran up to me and she's like, stop. And I'm like, what? And, uh, and she says, turn around. And before I could even see what was going on, she physically turned me around. And then she reached down and she picked up a six foot piece of toilet paper off my boot. And I was embarrassed as hell. And then she, she says to me, um, I got you or something, that was it. And she ended up later walking up to me after I had breakfast, at the, it was at a Hilton hotel for four people, it was $100 in breakfast. And I stayed at Hilton like 80 nights this, this year. I never got comped a dollar. And she comped $100 in breakfast. Hmm. And the reason she did, it wasn't because of guilt, it wasn't because she felt bad for me, it was the principle of consistency. If someone does something nice for you, they're more likely to do continual nice things for hmm. you. Which is emphasized, if you haven't watched the movie The Push, P-U-S-H, um, go watch it, because okay. it, it shows this principle in fact. So that's why we say yes, because hmm. if they offered you something, they did something nice for you, they're more likely to do other nice things for you. I will watch that movie. If Adam Benzman tells you to do something, you go do it, okay? So I did it, <laughs> I sold Don't do everything yeah, I tell you. Everything he says, no matter <laughs> what it is. Try it for yourself. Yeah. 
top rep. We're doing top rep then. It's great training. So you gotta have that defined sales process, Czech Toki specifically. I don't understand how people make it with a defined sales process as an established company, but just starting out, you definitely need to have that because they need to know, like, and trust you through the whole process mm -hmm. to, in order to give you money. So that day I sold this roof. And what, one thing I want to note here, because Dan Walrak, $18.5 yeah. million dollar sales Stunt. guy, insane. So not only he had sold them a roof apparently like six years previous and there's mm -hmm. another storm and he sold them another roof. Yeah. And the, the, the woman gave him a hug at the end. Yeah. Because she was, she, he, she was like actually like felt close to them. He's a good guy. You know, he, he, he's very involved with the community. He gets so many referrals and whatnot. But what's so crazy to me is just the fact that not only could he sell this roof, but he could queue up a guy like me to sell this roof and like essentially like, hey, just, you know, make it easy for him. You know, like essentially yeah. to the homeowner. And that charisma and that level of like, people want to do nice things for him and people want to make it easy for him. Yeah. Because we sold $150,000 that day. It's awesome. Before 2 p.m., I think it was. That's amazing. And, and then at the very end of the day, it was all a cherry on top by this. And I, I want to get into like what you think it is about these high-performing salespeople that you see as principals. But the cherry on top was like a adjuster at the end of the day, a state farm adjuster, saying, I heard it out. Like, I, we just heard it, Jack and I, the camera guy. Out of the corner of our ear, He's like, yeah, I've got four more on this road, this street yeah. for you. Do you want me to come? Yeah, do you yeah. want to come along with me? Yeah. And so, like, people not only wanting to close a deal with a new fresh sales guy right there, but people, adjusters wanting to refer you for more roofs mm -hmm. and things like that. I don't even know if that's legal, but it's so char yeah. charismatic. I know that you are a person with an extreme amount of charisma. Did you learn that? Did you grow that? Question. Or were you born with that? That is a, I've never been, that's a really good question. I've never been asked. Uh, yes to all of it. Yeah. I think that by, this, this goes to the nurture nature debate, mm -hmm. right? And I, I think I, was, I always got along well with people and Do I was like very people? high energy. I love people. For real? I do. I really do. I love people yeah. and yeah. I like, to me, like what I, well, I'll get it. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole on that. If you want to come back to that, we will. But I love people. I love yeah. the people I serve. Charisma is both inherent and a talent that can be nurtured via watering the Do you seed. have to have like a seed of it? Like you're decent at it and then you can grow it? Or basically, like I guess what I'm really getting at is how do you grow it? There, there's no cheat code. Yeah. And the easiest way to grow it is to love the people you serve. Mm. And it's the least sexy thing and you can't gimmick it. So when you love the people you serve, some people get like, I, I know people that are really good at sales. They're like, I just don't have the kind of energy you do. I don't have the type of like, I'm not as bubbly as you are. And there's some people that are just like straight to the point sharpshooters and they, they do really well in sales and other people, it, it actually works against them. And ultimately, if you really love your customer, um, how you engage with them out of a true level of caring and providing of service comes across versus many salespeople want one thing and that's to make money. Mm -hmm. And uh, to pay tribute to Brent, Ben Menchaca, I, I, I don't know if he coined this or if it's just a known statement, but he was the first one I heard it for his, the kinds of commission breath, people smelling mm -hmm. that desire of you to make money. And I like the way he articulated that, whether it was his or he borrowed it from someone else, but um, 
people feel when you want something mm -hmm. from them yeah. versus, and th this is the definition, in sales, being of service is what we should be doing, mm -hmm. and being pushy is when we make that shift to being self-serving. Mm -hmm. So when we come into the sale of wanting the deal and wanting this, it's about us and not the customer. Mm -hmm. And as you know, the number one rule of marketing is no one gives a shit about you. Mm -hmm. Like, what's in it for me, I? Like, that's it. So when you, like, the guys like Dan, and I'd be curious if Dan, if you comment on this video, if you agree with this, like, those, the, the highest performers love their customers, and they're very incredible problem solvers, and they are very, very, very in tune with what that customer is thinking. Mm -hmm. Because the, the part that's complex about roofing sales is that there, if you're selling storm and retail, there's 11 different pitches that you need to know. There's mm -hmm. four scenarios, four stages in the claims process, seven mindsets, and in retail, there's four reasons people replace the roof, put them together, that's 11. So for in, in solar sales, for example, you show up at someone's house, you're like, hi, you have an electric bill, I make it cheaper. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's one pitch, one opener, one pain point to solve, and it's money, 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 money. And in roofing, there's this wide breadth of, of scenarios that we're encountering, mm -hmm. countering people in that are paired with, as you as a marketer, you're probably familiar with Eugene Schwartz, his, his different levels of awareness on, the, on a problem. And you have people, especially in, in markets that he's working, that have a very low level of awareness of their problem. Mm -hmm. You show up at a stranger's house, they have no idea their roof is damaged. So the, the ability to understand exactly what that prospect is thinking so you can cater your message to them. Give me so. the first couple steps. If I, like, obviously, I mean, I've sold a roof, yeah, but so some people haven't. <laughs> so if I'm trying to get into this, you know, like yeah. how can we help make it a little simpler for somebody who's just kind of popping their head in here, wants to sell their first roof? Yeah. What are the first few steps to go towards this? Yeah, step one, do role play and practice before you're on a door. Mm. Because trying to like figure this out on the doorstep for the first time, you don't know have to say, creates a tremendous amount of nerves and kills your confidence, and then you screw it up and then it kills your confidence more for the next door. So mm. you get your pitch down. I use the slap method, slap Do you formula. need to like role play with somebody else who's no. smart? No, you can At do this, it with a can, camera. Can you do it with your your mom or your Do it with anybody, wife? and you can do it with no one. Okay. Uh, if, when I, if I do it, I'll, I'll, even my team, I'll have them do role play and they actually film it themselves mm -hmm. and send it to me. And then that way I can go through it. Have you seen the whole thing of like role playing with AI now? I haven't, not yet. Like, because you can, you, you can essentially, there's ChatGPT, you can make it role play with you and-, and With back. audio or just text? Just text, yeah. so maybe that's not as good. Yeah, it's a cool concept. Yeah. I'm sure it'll evolve to spoken in yeah. a matter of minutes. That would be kind of cool, yeah. yeah. Someone just like, is like, business idea, Yeah. It's create. Audio, yeah, that's yeah. probably not it's that It's probably, probably yeah. I mean, all it needs to do is read the writing yeah, yeah, yeah. and transcribe and the, the yeah. verbal, like there how hard is that? But, uh, but I, any, yeah, you don't need anybody. Okay. Film yourself, watch it back, you're your own worst critic. And tunnel vision is one of the most common things that happens with new salespeople. Mm -hmm. Because the nerves are so high that when you're at the door, you'll, you'll break down with a sales rep. Like, what, did, uh, what, what went well, what didn't go well? They're like, I have no, like it was deer in the headlights. They didn't yeah. capture anything. Like so, some people can't even set up ladders. Yeah. Like I, I was that Oh, guy. I struggled. I'd share that story yeah. all the time. Like <laughs> I, my first sale. I literally broke apart the ladder. I was, I had my nerves. Yeah. Cause he, like, and Dan was trying to make it so simple for me, but I like, I mean, I would role play almost setting up a ladder and stuff like yeah, that. Go like, through the whole process, yeah. do it on your house. But yeah, getting, getting through your pitch multiple times till you're more comfortable with it versus trying out in the real world, step one. Step two is when you get to the door, at, you wanna be as quick as you can without rushing. Mm -hmm. Small talk goes so far, but people when they answer the door, again, we know our customer. If you're at home, if you hear this at 6.30 at night, what are the two questions that come to your mind? Um, can I get up on your roof? I don't know. <laughs> no, if you're, you're the homeowner. I yeah. show up at your house. It's 6.30 at night. You had a long day. Oh, I'm you thinking, hear this. fuck. 
Yeah, who the hell is it? What the hell do they want? Yeah. Those are the two questions that people yeah. ask. Who the hell is it? What do they want? So if you show up and you think you're going to like buddy-buddy into them, they, they want those two questions answered. Who the hell are you and what do you want? Yeah. Which is why I introduce myself right, of the, right, right, the, right out of the gate, let them know why I'm there, mm -hmm. and then I ask an open-ended question. So mm -hmm. to me, the slap formula, say hi, break the ice. If there's no natural icebreaker, don't force it. Let them know why I'm there and make it really relevant to the neighborhood. Hey, the reason I'm stopping by, I'm talking to some of the neighbors here on Lexington Lane. Mm -hmm. Hey, the reason I'm stopping by, I just got off Peggy's roof. I just talked to John. We're doing his roof next week. We did his roof last week. I'm making it relevant so it doesn't seem like I'm a solicitor, like I'm mm -hmm. there for a purpose. And then I'm going to ask an open-ended question. And my favorite one to ask is, where are you at in the process? And if people are like, well, what process are you talking about? Bingo. Now I know from all those 11 pitches I need to use, instantaneously mm. I've diagnosed the exact subset of, of mm. needs for this prospect. So instead of trying to like offer a free inspection or whatever, I can't offer a free inspection to someone that thinks that the roof doesn't have damage. Because mm -hmm. if you're offering a solution to a problem that they don't aren't aware of, they're gonna say no instantaneously. Mm -hmm. Because like we're here at Roofing Process Conference and there's a hall full of vendors and, and you're one of them. Mm -hmm. You offer a solution, but not everyone's hiring you. Mm -hmm. Not everyone's hiring me. Because if they don't have the problem that you solve, you will never work with them. Yeah. So the mission that I have at the door is, and opening a sales appointment if it's an inbound lead, the fastest path to where are you at in the process, I can instantaneously, just like that, ask an open question that gets them speaking to me mm -hmm. or with me that's going to reveal information that I know exactly how to pitch to that person. Because I'm going to sell to someone who has no idea that the roof is damaged very differently to someone who had the insurance company out and they're sitting on a check. Mm -hmm. On the retail side, I'm going to sell it very differently if they're replacing the roof because it's old, it's at the end of its lifespan, which is very different than the very common lead of, hey, we're replacing our roof in five to seven years and we want to start planning ahead financially to budget for it. Mm -hmm. Little do they know the price is double by then, yeah. which is also very different of I have an active leak or a problem. Mm. So my mission is to just instantaneously uncover their core situation and then, and then be able to pitch or speak to those, yeah. to those needs. Contractors love the catch-all because it makes every single one of their roof builds easier and more profitable. Protective netting wraps facade and landscaping to prevent from left-behind nails and damage. Homeowner referrals bring you more jobs and insurance supplements bring you more profits. But my favorite part, the branding. So besides following the roof strategists on YouTube and watching a bunch of videos on your way to try to sell your yeah. first roof and uh, role playing a lot yeah. and using the slap formula, what else can somebody do like just to like prep themselves for this? I mean, it's scary. Ready. It is scary. Like, by the way, like it's not, we say it's easy to make 150. It's easy if you apply yourself and you get through this painful beginner, yeah. beginner's part. I, this is semantics. Yep. It is simple, it is not easy. Yes. The fundamentals are simple as hell. It's just kind of crazy because like, for instance, a bunch of people are working at restaurants that are charismatic mm -hmm. and have the right personality yeah. for this that could make 150 mm -hmm. doing roof sales and they don't know it yet. This, there's a, a fable. I don't know if there's any uh, truth to this, but it's a good fable. Fable goes that there was an ad run on Indeed that said earn $200,000 $200, a year shoveling chicken crap. So naturally, people are like, all I gotta do is shovel chicken crap. So the applicants come flooding in. They run a group interview. They say, hey, come on in. Group interview comes in. I'm the interviewer. I say, hey, guys, gals, good news. You don't have to shovel chicken crap. All you gotta do is knock doors. And mm. everyone scrams like cockroaches. Huh. The lesson there is that this, this business is so simple. You show up at someone's house. You knock on the door. You start a conversation. You uncover a problem. You get them to take ownership of that problem, and then you guide them into the solution while removing all the risk and positioning you as the obvious answer. Mm -hmm. And then you have a deal. And this, the easiness 
is not there. It's simple, but it's not easy because of, as you said, the nerves, the roadblocks. The biggest fears that new people have is I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna say. I'm not confident showing up at the door because I don't know what I'm gonna say yet. Am I gonna fumble? Am I gonna get stuck on my, on my words? Am I gonna hit with an objection that I don't know how to overcome? And then, hey, I don't know enough about roofing. And you have to realize I sold my very first roof with absolutely zero product knowledge. And mm -hmm. I mean zero as in like, I understood drip edge, rake edge as a name in what a three tab and dimensional shingle was. And that was mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. I was sent to the supplier to get Plasticops, which by the way, if you know what those are, <laughs> uh, you'll figure out quickly yeah. what I was sent for and you'll, it'll make sense. Yeah. And I, I walked in, I'm like, hey, do you guys have Plasticops? Like, excuse me? <laughs> so, <laughs> what language barrier? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, you have to remember if you're new that process knowledge is, is, is more important in the beginning than product knowledge. And your ability to coach someone through the process to help them identify the problem, take ownership of the problem, and then guide them to the solution, all you need to understand is the process, mm -hmm. not as much on the product side. The product side will come and it's important to have both at some point, but it's far too many people feel like I can't sell until I know all of this. Mm -hmm. But this comes through practice. Yeah. And I didn't know my butt from a hole in the wall when I first started. And mm -hmm. I, my first deal was a commercial sale mm -hmm. uh, because I found a guy who had a problem that I could solve and I helped make it affordable for him. All right, I can dig it. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I want any last tips that you've gotten selling that first roof. What is, what is a good next step for somebody after they watch this video? Go do it, get rejected, face the fear, keep going because it will suck. You're gonna hate your job, you're gonna hate your life, you're gonna wonder what you signed up for, and your, your success will ride upon whether or not you lean into that, because two, only two out of three sales reps, excuse me, two out of three sales reps quit or get fired in their first year, and it's because mm -hmm. they're not prepared mentally to succeed. That's why I wrote my book, by the way, Roofing Sales Survival Guide, but I would recommend you need to lean into the discomfort and do what other people aren't, because if you're not mm -hmm. willing to do what other people aren't, you're not gonna make the kind of money that most people don't. Oof, that's good. I always thought about this when I got out of school for web design. I would say like, as, because when I got out of school, the market wasn't as good. Yeah. Like 50% of us got jobs. Yeah, what year did you get out of school? I was like 2013 or something 2013. like that. Yeah, I, I mean like, I thought everything that I got through though, was like I was getting over speed bumps that my, yeah. the other people that I was competing with were getting like, not they're new, they weren't getting over those speed bumps. Yeah. So the more speed bumps I got, so when I went through a problem and it was like, oh, this is freaking hard, like JavaScript, yeah. learning about these different things. It was like, it was super hard. And it, but once I got through, it was like, somebody else didn't. So yeah. I, I mean, I'm not like a, yeah. you know, but it really helped me in that moment. Yeah. Like if I can get through this and there's like other people behind me that aren't and the competing yeah. sales reps in your area, oh yeah, they're, they're getting knocked out. You know what I mean? Like if, if how many, did you say the stat already? If like 10? Two, two out of three sales reps quit or get fired in their first year, which means two out of there's three. a 33%, 33.33% success rate. And so then if you're two or three years in, you like, you're the one left yeah. and congratulations. And I mean, basically if you can stick through it, it's a big opportunity, yeah. right? Yeah, success is right on the other side of your last failure. Yep. And uh, uh, how can people follow you or see your stuff on? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, search the Roof Strategist anywhere there's internet. <laughs> You'll oh. find a YouTube, podcast, Instagram, TikTok. You can follow me on LinkedIn, Adam Benzman, Facebook, Adam Benzman. Um, and if you are new, I think my book should be required reading for every new salesperson. Get a copy now on Amazon, Audible, or Kindle. The Roofing Sales Survival Guide, How to Beat the Odds, Overcome Yourself, and Win Big.
Awesome. Thank you, sir. Dude, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for helping me sell my first roof. Yeah. I'm pumped for you.